Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is a special uh, furlough week edition of the third most popular uh, Raiders podcast on the internet. Brought to you uh, for, with the dubious support of the Greenhouse and by our primary sponsors, Landspeed Records. Um, coming to you not from a filthy storeroom hidden somewhere in Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we? No. We're in a, in a light, airy room. Yeah, in my home. Yeah, it's 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 sort of strange. It's sort of strange. It's Sounds like, a bit different actually because there's it's less. Uh, it's a bit more echoey. It is. It is a bit more. In the vast sort of like you know, mm. Blake's mansion is just it's quite echoey. But on the upside, there is tea, and that's very good because <laughs> but no biscuits. We'll no no back biscuits, the biscuits. We have because the pork has got quite a muffin top at the moment, and it's not looking very good. It's not looking very good, but uh, we are brought to you with the GB support of the Greenhouse. And a big shout out to GE for organising the event at the, uh, the Richmond Club Hotel last week, which the, um, the Canberra Raiders themselves ended up uh, joining in on. Uh, it looked like people had a wonderful time at that. It's really good getting all the fans together when they're travelling to an event like that. And yeah, it would have been great. The fact that GE and his boys can get that sort of thing together and, and bring everyone together for an event like that. That's really, really. My wonderful. only concern is that it started at about like uh, eleven a.m. or something oh, like that. So imagine the state. I went in the 2016, um, 2016 game against the Storm, the prelim. I went to the to the hotel there, and uh, we flew in a bit later that evening. So we had a couple of beers mm. um, before the game, but there were some people there had clearly been there for a very, oh, yeah. very long time. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine they recall too much of the match. They know they had a good time, no. and the Raiders won. But outside of that, it's probably a bit blurry. Yeah, no, I did tell you I was at the Mark Corn. Uh, that's not a try. That's a miracle match back in the day, the State of Origin match. And I mean, I was there. I know I was there. I have evidence that I was there. And I remember bits and pieces, but they really, my memory's cut out really by about the time we hit Maroolan um, or Sutton Forest. I can't remember which one. After that, it's all just a blur. So, yes, I'd imagine that, you know, a lot of people. Yeah, you don't want to be rocking up to the ground and be refused, you know, entry, a, yeah. entry, entry before the game's yeah. even started. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Which has happened to some people on occasion. Oh. Our bus load when we got off that day, I think it was 1994 or 93, I can't remember which one. I can't remember too much about any of those matches we did. Um, any decent was security that guards. That game? Yeah, any okay. decent security guards at the SFS should not have admitted us entry. There was just no way in the world. But I mean, that was the 90s and things were different then. Things were different then. The lights were out, things were less dangerous. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's the way it went. But. Um, you know, our primary sponsors, Landspeed Records, they don't condone um, heavy drinking of alcohol no, in any way, but- shape, form. Stay tuned next week. Special window display. I've just been playing it today. Oh, a special window display. Lance some of those mannequins could be dressed in uh, Ooh, some nice. of my old Raiders paraphernalia, I think, just for the week. Nice. I've nice. just got to convince my better half that it's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, not, not sure she's going to go with you on that. Once more, our biggest fans, Matthew and Eddie. Big shout out to the boys. Love you, boys. Um, let's get right into it. The Storm win. They win against the Storm. The defence. How was the defence, Blake? It was amazing. And, and this is... This is the thing now. When you when you factor in that game, they scored one one try mm. off a kick. Mm. Um, Vale. good very, try, great very, mark. Very hard to stop. Very hard to stop. Um, but when you consider the previous game, they didn't score against us in the second half. Yeah. And that entire match, so they scored one try. They've breached our defence one time. Yeah. In what's that? Uh, 100 and, mm. 130 minutes of no, one hundred and twenty two hours of football. Yeah. And they've scored one try against us. Mm. Unbelievable. It's, it's pretty impressive stuff, isn't it? And, and it's just 
you know, part of that is um, it's also amazing because when Pappenheisen went through and, and raked the front of uh, Nick Kotrick's face off with his stud by accident, um, and we lost Kotrick in the match, it's like the fact that our defensive line was actually able to, you know, switch around and. You know, look, big shout out to the coach, Ricky Stewart. I, I've been publicly questioning whether Simonson on the bench over Havili was a good idea. It clearly is. It clearly is. The I, way called to go. It. I called it. I called it. Actually, a, a listener um, got in touch over Twitter and said, I called the, the Simonson thing. I said, we just got to trust the coach on this one. And mm-hmm. it came off. And I also said that it would be a bit of um, Joey and Bateman magic. That would prove the difference. And I so, did say Leilu was the X Factor, did I yeah. not? Did I not say Leilu oh, well, was the X Factor? I'm starting to think I'm the Nostradamus of the Raiders, so I don't want to put out a prediction for the for the upcoming prelim in case I predict Blake something Stradamus. bad. In case I predict something bad, so Blake I'm, I'm worried. No, well, yeah, those are, but the defense was just awesome. One of the bits I liked, it wasn't defense, but it was very much a tactic, and it was in those last three minutes, four minutes. Um, Josh Papali, who I think we can all agree was immense. I mean, he. Well, was again, this is one of those things immense. when when. It was he was named that was being coming off the bench. We were like, "Well, oh, is this the right thing yeah. to do? We're not sure." Mm. Basically, we should just shut the podcast down because clearly the coaching staff know better. Really, we have no idea. Yeah, no. I finally come around to your way of thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just trust them. Just trust them. And look, and this is where I got from. I'm just some fat guy with no chin. Why should I be making these calls? So you know, that's why I'm in, in Rick. We trust because you know what he does have some sort of idea about football, but I didn't know. But. He played the last pretty much 60 minutes straight, and he was the best player on the park. The, I Daily, thought that the that... Daily Telegraph put um, Jesse Bromwich as the best player. On the, sorry, Nelson Nassau-Solomona yeah. is the best player on the field. And I thought he had some... The first 20 minutes of the second half, I thought Nassau-Solomona was absolutely outstanding. But you notice he the ran... The first 15, they went after him. Yeah. He was a bit quiet. He came off yeah. after 15 minutes, which obviously was the plan. Yeah. Take the heat out of him, mm. then get Papali on, and then get Papali basically playing... I think he did come off in the second half, but pretty much, you know, twenty minutes in the half time, yeah. and then you got the half time break. He was and... outstanding. But the um when Soft Solomona came back in the second half, he just ran and ran and ran at John Bateman. He ran at him consistently, just went in it. But the thing about John Bateman is he you know, this huge chunk of meat that is a Sofa Solomona. It's ridiculous. And he's a massive unit. And he's a he really does good look I've said it before, but he does look as though the people in Melbourne the sports scientists have just created him in a lab somewhere down there. They do. It, it's it's very much like Nate Miles was the prototype and they came up with a Sofa Solomona. It's sort of like, you know, the difference between the Terminators, the T2 and the T3. The Sofa Solomona is the more human yeah. looking one of he's, the two. He's the, new, the faster. Faster, more aggressive with an offload. You know, he's good. And I don't like him because he doesn't play for my side. But if he played for my side, I'd like him. Of he's, course. He's that guy. Um, but uh, he ran at Johnny Bateman. But John Bateman, gee. He just keeps going. And so does Josh Hodgson because they were targeting him. They were trying to wear them out. But in those last 10 minutes, they kept turning the... And I don't know who thought this strategy out, but they kept turning the ball back on the ruck and constantly running at Brodie Croft. Did you see that? Brodie Croft didn't play. He did. He was in jump 14. He most certainly did play. No. That was... Brandon Smith maybe was number Brandon 14. Brandon Smith. Hang on. No, we're going Brodie to, Croft did not play. We're going to the record books. It might be Brandon Smith. You might be correct. But the, the one I know num- I'm correct. The nu- the one in number fourteen, Brandon Smith. I'm checking it out, checking it out, and yes, Brandon Smith running at Brandon Smith, who's a noted defender and has had, had done really good. Like his missed tackles all season, he, he tackles at ninety four percent. You know, he tackles. Yeah, he's really, a much better really tackle well. than Brody Croft. Yeah, right, exactly. He is, and that's why he's there. Maybe they thought he was Brody Croft like you, and that's why they kept on running at him. Anyway, so what they did was they kept turning the ball back inside, and the big men running in it specifically, Papa. And the thing was, 
Brandon Smith, as we now have identified it was, kept tackling him, kept bringing him down and did it. But he was exhausted. And the last time that he pulled him down on Papa's run, you could see Brandon Smith, he'd had it. He was absolutely cactus. You know when sometimes you see a player and you just think, you're gassed, you're completely gassed. We saw it with Sierra a little bit at the beginning of the season where it's just like, yeah. you're in the line, you're going to try, well, but you're gassed. You could see, Joey Leilua in the back end of some of these games yeah. as well. Well, you could see that Brandon Smith was absolutely gassed. And when the kick went through and Pappenheisen somehow got it, now no, we've never seen a replay of whether he knocked that ball on, by the way, or not. As it turned out, it was it was good that they didn't and they did play on. But there was a large contention that Pappenheisen knocks that ball on and gathering it. Yeah. And they never actually checked the replay because they can't. They called it not a knock on. But then when Adokar spills the ball and it comes to Leilua, Brandon Smith's reaction, if you look at it, is to put his hands in the air like, oh my God, I can't tackle again. And then all of a sudden the ball cart's coming towards it and you see this absolute terror come in his eyes and he starts, he sees Whitehead pointing for the overlap and he starts bolting out to cover it because he, you can just hear him with Craig Bellamy screaming in his ear like, I am going to get the crap kicked out of me by Craig Bellamy unless I get across. Well, Adokar was chasing it across. And Adokar goal. gets up and he's bolting to yeah. get onto that side because he's dropped the ball and he wants to cover it. Yeah. But the impact is they've gone so fast, they've compressed up against Cameron Munster all three in a row, and they're all going in that direction. And Joey goes across, holds the ball out. Bateman suddenly sees it, calls him inside, and it's the pass. And Croft is stuffed. And the reason why that, that happened <laughs> is because they literally had nothing Brandon left Smith. in their tank. Brandon Smith. <laughs> they literally had nothing left in their tank. And so when they dropped the ball, because we were hammering them so hard for the last 20 minutes, it's because they were exhausted. It wasn't because you know it was just an error. It was because they were out on their feet. And the reason they were out on their feet, is, I think, dare I say it, the Raiders are fitter. Yeah, well, it's, 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 you know, Craig Bellamy came out and said that, you know, they, the Raiders were more composed at the back end of the game. And that's mm. like, who'd have thought that would be a thing? That the yeah. Raiders would be more composed that's right. from the storm. And, and it comes down to that. They probably players. still do miss um, Cooper Cronk a little bit, oh, I, I think. I certain they do. I certainly oh, They've covered for him, but. And like, the composure of Billy Slater? Yeah. See, I don't think, I think Pappenheisen was wonderful, and that kid's a star. Yeah, he's a star. Like yeah, what we didn't mention was um, when he did go through that time with uh, and got Kotrick in the face was um, Soliola that tackle. Cover tackle. Yeah, I thought he was through for all money. Everything Sia had in his body there went to yeah. get that tackle. Well, I think he only played the first stint, yeah. and then he went off. But yeah. it was a great first stint. And obviously, it really he went. Was. You know, he had specific instructions and a yeah. plan, and he did it. Yeah, so that was great. Bateman and Elliot though in that match, um, I couldn't split them for who I thought was the best player on the park for the Raiders. Bateman and Elliott, I thought they played different roles, but the hardness they give to both sides of the field makes it so difficult for any opposition. Well, you saw, I mean, the, you know, there was a little bit of sort of panic, hitting the panic button after the Warriors lost, but you saw the difference having Bateman back yeah. in the line. And oh, all yeah. of a sudden, Caesar looks like a good defender again and when he's got is. Bateman. And, and a big ups to Aiden Caesar. I believe that was his best game in green. I, Just about. I, I thought his attacking, kicking game and his running around the rocks looked dangerous, looked focused, and it looked sharp. But his defense was good because he wasn't just like making tackles. He was actually hitting Getting people. In. Yeah, he, he, was really, he was really a man on a mission. He came out the other week and he said, George Smith ain't just going to take my jumper. And yeah. he's playing Look, like I that still, too. I still think he's probably more playing like um, he's putting himself in the shop window. He probably wants to go as far as he can with the Raiders. But he keeps playing like this. George Smith is wearing 14 next season. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. I think that Caesar will still move on, but like if you, hey, if you were the Broncos or if you were the Bulldogs, oh, he's, he's definitely pumping up his value. But at this present stage, if Aiden Caesar keeps playing like this, I, I would see absolutely no. 
he's playing the football we've always wanted him to play. Yeah. He's playing the football we've always well, wanted him to play. And we've said on this podcast we've been supportive. We want him to. Yeah. Well, the, the game against the Sharks, that was the, that was the, the prototype of... Mm. This is what we, when we sign him, yeah. we thought at last we've got someone who can kick those yeah, yeah. field goals, make yeah. the right calls because yeah. we never had. And for a long time there, it looked like he maybe wasn't the man to do it mm. either. Oh, He's probably better off being um, not working with Blake Austin as well, though. Oh, I'm certain of that. I'm yeah. certain of that. You know, love Blake Austin, but. You know, he's in the right place now. Um, Simonson really had a mixed mixed game. Finished off that try beautifully at the end. Um, his defence was good. He slid around where he was needed to. He's been one of the buyers of the season. Like, he's just been wonderful. We've all been talking well, about... Well, I don't think we even had to buy him. <laughs> he just rocked up. Oh, uh, look, no, no, we brought him over. He was identified and brought over. But C&K, we've all gone berserk about it. But I think Bailey Simonson's not quite in that ilk. But, geez, he's been good. Would the dual um, Mal Meninga, you know, um, rookies of the year... Mm. It was Bailey and, and Corey Horsburgh. And I think they've both been... You know, they've both been two that we wouldn't have really picked oh, yeah. to have such strong seasons and Horse has been fantastic he was great again on the weekend but I think I've just I've just talked up Bateman and Elliot have been I believe the two on the best on the field but Papali was the best on the field he's just he and you know he's just won the Meninga medal for the third time yes and backed he, up last year and he was up against these three players who I believe have all had superb seasons all worthy of that medal had they got it in CNK Bateman and Whitehead had any of those four got that medal? I think I Jack White came back. And Jack White, and I would yeah, be happy with that too. I thought that it was Papali would win, but it would be between uh, CNK, Bateman, yeah. and and Papali. I thought Bateman maybe missing you know that chunk in the middle of the season was probably yeah. the only thing that worked against him. Whereas Papali was a very worthy winner because yeah, yeah. he's been so consistent this year, I, and, and he's, he's been he's, a match winner yeah, too, and which is hard to be at prop and. Backed up, you know, those origin mm. games with really strong performances mm. in big minutes. And I think he's, this is the year that he's really gone to that elite prop level. Yep. Whereas I now see him like a, a Lazarus or a Matt yep. Scott or a Petro Seven receiver. Yep. He's up there now. Where their, their worst game and their best game, there's not much difference. Yeah, just really, yeah, Webke was the other one I thought of as well. That, that sort of, uh, he really is. He's just up there now. It's like people, when he scored that winning try against Melbourne the last time, and he was referenced as the best prop by me in the world, um, and people were poo-pooing that. And there are other good options for that, obviously. Clem is fantastic. Tapao's fantastic. Um, for feeder on his Big day, Nelson as well. Big Nelson is good. But I think at the present moment, for consistency in yeah. minutes, Papa's your, your number one picked. He's just outstanding. That's what so, I'm saying. And, and in that real, in that WebKey or yeah, mm. or Matt Scott, just so reliable and just so dependable. Just, and, and his maturity, you're right. He's stepped up. He, yeah. There's... there's Things are going right in his head at the present moment. So the Meninga medal was uh, last night as we're recording now, and uh, notably Blake and the Pork did not get invited. <laughs> I thought you were a shut. Uh, well, you know, one wonders what one has to do, really. Benny Pollock, if you're listening out there, which I'm sure you are, what does one have to do, Benny? Come on, tell me. Let me know. Because I'll do it, you know I will. <laughs> <laughs> Right, now, speaking of uh, links to the club, we have specific orders out there, all Blake and the Porkers out there, listeners out there. We are now to keep a lid on it. A lid is to be kept on it. This is orders from the coach. We've got a hard prelim coming. There's no guarantees we're going to get through that. We need to fill the place. It needs to be absolutely full. You need to get your tickets early because the opposition supporters will have the opportunity to get it, and it's either going to be the Seagulls who will 
travel for this or the Rabbitohs who will absolutely well, travel I mean, in large numbers. Apart from just the travelling, how many Souths fans are there? There's, a, there's way too many Manly fans in Canberra. And members as well. Yeah. And they're members of the yeah. club, which means they get the same rights as we are. So get in and you need to be buying your tickets for ticketed members, for, for the long ones, not the you know the short Monday. members. Monday at 9am for ticketed yeah. members, get on there. And then for non-ticketed members, for the bronze two games, etc., etc., Monday 12pm for non-ticketed. You need to get in and buy it. Your ticket straight away. And then away. everyone else. And then everyone else. But buy your ticket and then on the way to the ground, stop mm. by um, Best and Less in Belconnen mm-hmm. and pick up one of those really cheap replica jerseys. Yeah, just for the- <laughs> they're fine for this, this particular occasion. We just need it to be green, Re- people. Requisite, requisite bandwagon wear. Bandwagon wear. And you are welcome to the bandwagon as long as you're there, as long as you're loud, because what yes. is needed, we need to fill the place. We need that's to the only thing, the only thing when um, sometimes... The bandwagon is in full effect. Mm. The crowd goes a little bit quiet. A little bit quiet. And so if you're going to be on that bandwagon, what we need you to do... If is... you're listening, you're not just jumping on the bandwagon. If you're actually no. listening to this... You, but talking to the, the bandwagon converter. jumpers. Yeah, if you're a band- if you know if you know the bandwagon <laughs> jumpers, make sure they know this. They need to bay for blood and they need to be the best 18th player in the game. So that means they need to be calling for offside when it isn't. They need to be calling for a strip even when they clearly know it's not. They need to be screaming off, off, off when speaking, it's a scratch. Speaking of... Calling strips, we can't get we can't get a strip to go away now. No, we can't. I mean, everyone else is stripping the ball they're, they're off us now. Us and if we do strip one, it's instantly oh, the Raiders stripped the ball. It must be a penalty. It must be a penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind we you. haven't successfully stripped the ball in about three weeks. No, but we've been winning matches, so yeah. who the hell cares? But yeah, good point. So get there, be loud. No polo crowds. You need to be screaming. You need to be on the backs of the opposition players. You need to be on the ears of the refs. You need to be in the ears of the touch judge. You need to be making a lot of noise and be intimidating. It's not just the Viking clap people. It's being there putting up a good 80 minutes in support the whole way through the match. You know, they need you. But you know what? There's, there were some great things during the week, obviously, um, Blake. There were some great things, but there were a few things that made me angry. In fact, you might say they ground my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? Tell us, what were they? Do you know what grinds my gears, Blake? Don't know this week. <sighs> Kafusi, right. Okay, he's a good player. He's a great edge forward. He does really well. He's good in defence. But when he runs in late into tackles and deliberately oh, does a swinging the, arm punch to bodies, and it's not a tackle. On Hodgson. Yeah, when it's literally I mean, just, I'm running in because you're standing up. But I, I, I thought about that too, and I thought he's probably under instructions to do that. I'm sure he is. If you see the ribs, especially on a Hodgson or a playmaker or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. It, it was a punch. There was no question. It was a swinging arm punch. It wasn't there to go over and knock him over. It was He was going in there to smash him. And look, that's the nature of the game and so on. But um, it's still pretty low rent. His hair's getting a bit crazy too. It is getting a it's bit It's getting crazy. a bit sideshow, Bob. It's getting a, sort of, it's moving backwards yeah, 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 here. It is, it is. It's moving, it's going, he, receding. He's, he's but got it's the receding like the pork, you yeah. know. <laughs> the hair's speeding back. A nice head of skin going on there um, with, a, with a sideshow Bob on top of it. But um, I didn't like that very much. But no. the Raiders did get the last he's not my. He's not my least favourite Melbourne Storm player, but no, he's not he's one of not my favourites. My least favourite either. Um, the thing that really I mean, just great. when I thought I couldn't love the Fox anymore, he gave us the ball. So oh he's, my goodness, he's my all-time favourite Storm yeah. player. Yeah, but the thing that really ground my gears was, look, the fireworks in the eye was clearly an accident, right? That 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 stuff can't be can't be allowed for, you know, can't be bargained for or whatever. That that stuff happens. It was a freak thing. But then the NRL forcing us to use an interchange for him. Now we didn't have to in the end because. Um, there was a, an HIA where, where Kotrick came off, which was basically a free interchange for that, which ended up mean it didn't cost us anything. But the idea that the NRL could organise an event, because they're in charge completely of the finals, yeah. 
where they have something that actually causes harm to one of the players that's coming onto the field through no harm of their own, surely, and then they'd force an interchange for but it? But surely there is some sort of risk assessment which is done beforehand. Oh, I don't think there was, because... Let's uh, run through this tiny little pathetic arch with, mm. like, live sparklers shooting out of it. Really good idea, people. Who thought yeah. that one up? Like, and it's like, it apparently... Um, Someone said, oh, you can do that. There's no duty of care in that. It's like, well, great. I'm going to have my spud gun firing at the players as they come through in the prelim. You know, like if there's no duty of care, that's just yeah, well, the way I'm marking the, the celebration. This was the whole thing in the NRL, you know, during the week. I had to go out to Brookvale Oval mm. and uh, see if it was up to scratch. Met safety For asbestos that had been buried there for how many yeah, years? Yeah, and also the tunnel stuff and everything yeah. else. And, you know, see if it, if it met the standards. But then they put on the, just the crappiest little firework arch yeah. and make players run through it. Like, right, play, play. And then don't want to take any responsibility yeah, for the like, player getting injured. And then demand a, a... It was just the idea of it was just so stupid. It just showed to you... And, and look, the Raiders would have been in their rights to actually say, well, you can't guarantee our safety. You're organised. You can't guarantee our safety. Hence our player. We're coming from the field until you can. And there would have been absolutely nothing the NRL could have done. They could have done something in the short term and declared a forfeit, but they would have lost in every court in the land because they couldn't have guaranteed the safety and there was a, an evidence for it. So for them to be so dumb then to force an interchange for it yeah. just was the height of arrogance and stupidity. If I was them, I would have been on my back in the you know, the cringing dog position saying, oh my God, we've stuffed up here. Yeah. Well, what added sort of insult to injury as well, though, was the fact that um, after the, the chicken wing, Mm. On Brandon Smith, yeah, 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 not to be confused with Brody Croft. Brody Croft, <laughs> yeah. Um, Brandon Smith, uh, who's of course um, Joey Tarpany's New Zealand teammate. They're actually yep. quite good mates. But anyway, uh, they got a whole free interchange, and Nelson got to come off and on again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no. It so that, gears, so which is fair enough because it was technically foul play, but it's kind of like, oh my god, we don't get one because of the firework thing. Yeah. And now they're getting one for this. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. And and I didn't see it because for one reason or another, I was uh, incapacitated by that stage. Um, but I'm making your bet there was no fireworks at the tunnel at the uh, at, uh, at Brookvale Oval. No, I understand there wasn't. Just smoke, apparently. They're going to they're gonna keep the smoke things. Yeah. But those sparklers, they're gone. I, I just think, yeah, that's, that's, that's not a good thing. But it, it ground my gears because it once shows that the NRL is like... Uh, and then there were turkeys online basically saying, oh, you've got to expect the unexpected in the game of rugby league. Well, yes, on the field you probably should, but getting to the field, you probably should be guaranteed the safety by the people running the game. And if they can't, they should then be expected. Well, that's where the commentary team... Was saying at the time, you know, mm. we, we, I think it was um, Fossey was saying, you imagine if someone threw a can in the player's head, you know, mm. and then would that be a free interchange? Of course it would. Mm. How's it any different? Oh, yeah. And once something like that happens, it comes down to can you guarantee the safety of the people on the field? Now, you can make a, a thing and, you know, everything, any decision you want from the cheap seats about, yeah, of course they can, whatever. But it's not up to you. There's been plenty of times when cricket teams have been taken from the field because their safety couldn't be concerned. You know, when the big can-throwing stuff happened at Lang Park all those years ago, they took the teams <laughs> to the other side and they stopped playing. <laughs> it is fully within your right if you believe yeah, your you safety cannot you wouldn't be guaranteed. Have, you wouldn't have been feeling... You would have had a legitimate fears for your safety if you were wearing a, a blues jumper that... Oh, yeah. That, but totally. that was Wally totally... He knew what he was doing. Oh, he did. And he was brilliant at it. So, you know, all hail Wally. Um, but, uh, yeah, that ground my gears. But uh, we, we've got a listener of the week this week, Blake. Who we do. It? Listener of the week. Very popular new segment. It's mm. quite an honour, actually, to, to, get, to, get, to get awarded this. Uh, Brad the Ripper. 
Brad the Ripper. Brad the Ripper. Yeah. He's out there, man. He really is out there. He's out there. Not quite sure what you're doing or <laughs> saying, Bradley, but we like it. <laughs> we love it. I think he actually has multiple, or he may have multiple... Personalities. Personalities and or <laughs> accounts. But he's very active. He's very, he's so Brad, very active. thanks for your support, mate. Yeah, occasionally very, very amusing too. So good on you. Um, so your, um, your reaction when... Uh, I just want you to talk me through how you felt, you know, how you reacted when um, A, the ball came loose from Adokar. And then from that moment on. So the ball comes loose from Adokar. What do you suddenly just, think? Just what was your first Amazement. Thought? Sort of, I was a bit sort of like... Time froze, and then I was just thinking, this is incredible, but they'll find a way to take it off. As yeah, that's what that I was That was my big too. fear. But then Joey gets it, and it didn't look like a knock-on, did it? Straight away, it looked like a knock-back, and Ash Klein's going knock-back, knock-back. Oh, so. it's totally knock-back. The funny thing is, and you know, there's a, if you listen, there's the Triple M commentary you can now listen to online, and um, and the game of the time. Oh, yeah, All it. the Storm fans erupt, because yeah, yeah. they think, oh, he's... Knock the ball. It's a handling obviously, error. obviously, they don't know the difference between a knock on and a knock back, so they right. all start cheering, thinking it's going to be given no try. Yeah, yeah. It's got Dan Ganane on Triple M's like, do they not know the rules? Yeah, do they not know well, the rules? Clearly, they don't. And look, and I want to go back to the 2016 prelim when Jordan McLean, while Jack White's off the field 10 minutes, gets up and does the messiest play the ball you've ever seen, which is clearly a handling error and a, a change over possession, and it gets waved on, and then they score a try, which inevitably won the match for the Storm and got them through into the grand final at that stage. And the Storm fans were quite happy to take that at that point. Oh, of course. And look, we'll get to some of these other things in a sec, but you know, the great thing about um, the flick pass was it meant that the kick was in front, oh, yeah. in front of goals, because the way Jared Croker has been kicking lately... Mm. I think we all knew if if if, he, if that try was scored out wide, it would have been a very nervous, nervous kick. I, I which which brings us to our next segment. Who's got a lift? Look, who's got a lift? Everyone else on who's got a lift has had one appearance, mm. and then they've they've heated the call, they've fixed the air. Have you noticed how far um, Aiden Caesar's kicking the uh, uh, yeah. kicking the touchfinders now? Joey Lalua, uh, he lifted. They've all they've all lifted, mm. but. It's back to Jared Croker again. Second appearance on Who's Got a Lift. Same problem, goal kicking. I mean, we just got away with it. You know, it was two tries to one. We just got away with him missing those those goals. Mm. Mm. But uh, in the prelim, he's going to have to nail all of them. Because yeah. that's, that's the difference. The difference is going to be two points. It's oh, going to be four points. And look, and no, you know, one, and we no one be up against it. sharpshooters. No one knows it like Jared either. I mean, that's the thing. No one knows it like Jared. He, he knows that better than anyone else. The, the pressure's on him, and he he's very, very aware of it. And look, and people keep saying, look, Aiden Caesar's there, and he's a great kick, etc., etc. But you know he's also a great kick because he converted the Simonson try from the sideline. You know, the first kick he got at goals, right out wide, and he converted it. You know, he got the really hard one. The two that he missed were easier than those two. Mm. So, you know, he got those. So we know he can do it. And I was talking to Daryl Halligan um, the other day on the sideline, and I, you know, gave Daz, a, who was actually a pretty good guy, a, a good talking to about goal kicking and how he picked up that particular style because he was the first one in rugby league to do it. He said he copied Grant Fox. Yeah, Grant Fox was amazing. Well, he said that's who he, he copied, so he did it off that. And I said, did he actually show you? He said, no, I just watched him and developed it. And he said he works with four, um, you know, tutors, four players, of which one's Jared Croker. And who he are says, the others? Oh, I can't remember. It's off my head. They were all high profile. Yeah. All, every single one of them was high profile. He's been working with Croker for years. Kieran Foran was one? Yeah, right. 
They were all high profile. I, sorry, I did ask him that question. I just can't remember who they were. But he was working with four others, and he loves. He said not only does he think um, Croker's an awesome dude, but he said he's got a really good style. Like his, yeah. his style's as good as he gets. He's perfectly balanced. And he kicks. He kicks really well. Well, that's the thing. We've come to expect him. See him mm. nailing those ones. I know. And he's gone off the boil this year. He does. He does. He does. And 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 it's a worry. It is, and that's the that's that's the problem with the the, the prelim here. But um, there must have been something that uh, irritated you beyond that. Um, perhaps made you a little bit angry, and made you be Blake on the burst. It's just the Storm fans again. Just and I mean, this is all that that it's, it's not only online. It's you got to listen to Storm fans oh. on on Foxtel as well. Mm. Storm fans like Brett Finch and. Mm. Uh, Storm fans. Well, basically, any a fan of any team that seems to be playing the Raiders, Braith and Asta. Mm. Oh, goodness but gracious me. The way people carried on about... Uh, if you judge, don't follow the site on Twitter, shit Braith says, please do so. It's a really necessary thing to follow. <laughs> I have checked it out. The the, the touch judge Vunavali thing, it's it's basically people are talking about as lot as though the touch judge put up the flag and it's like some sort of situation we had against Cronulla. Mm. You know, or they're talking about as though if it wasn't for the touch judge putting up the flag they would have scored a try. Mm. There's no guarantee that they were going to score a try in the next minute. They'd scored one try in the previous 80 minutes. Mm. So what's the guarantee? You know, our defense was so good and it held so firm. Mm. The way people carry on that the storm were robbed seems ridiculous. And then, you know, during the week, Annesley or whatever has come out and said, actually, we should have had two players sent to the sin bin. Mm. Both well, those are kind of debatable. And, I thought Vunavali, when he came and, and absolutely smashed, was it Simonson or Croker, no, Croker. off the ball? When he smashed Croker off the ball... How is that not a sin bin in 2019? How is not a suspension? Yeah. You know, how many late hits have we seen for a suspension yet? We've seen absolutely nothing for that. No. It and no one even mentioned it because no. we're the winners. Is that right? So we should have had two players off. So they're trying to placate the Storm fans now. When Vunavalu hit a man who didn't even have the ball. Wasn't and remotely Wasn't involved with the play and he absolutely smashed him. It should have been a penalty to the Raiders. It should have been a report on Vunavalu. And if they're saying that Whitehead should have gone to the, the sin bin, well, so should have Vunavalu exactly. at that particular point. And that's also in the first half. Yeah. You know, so that might have made a much bigger difference by that stage as well. So, um, you know, yeah. And the Storm fans. I'm not sure how many I got blocked by on the weekend, but it was a lot. And, <laughs> I'm uh, still, do you know the Blake and the Pork new Twitter page? Doing very well. Very well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, it. you, should, you should check it out. It's amazing. Um, we still haven't got blocked by anyone. We still haven't got What do you have to do to get blocked? I don't know. Well... I'll tell you. So one of the uh, Storm fans was coming in and they were um, uh, complaining very much about Jared Croker to take the conversion for the Bateman try, taking forever and a day like to light the it up. the blueprint we saw yeah, yeah. Um, against the, the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but against the Warriors, the same thing. Um, yeah. Take as long as we Isaac want. Luke took basically two minutes to take. I went, well, this is what you That's do. Anyway, I sent this thing to this supporter saying, look, I'm awfully sorry you took so long, but it's a niggling knee injury he's been carrying since oh, 2016 that, yeah. when uh, Cameron Smith <laughs> attacked his injured knee off the ball. So, you know, it takes him a little bit longer. Strangely enough, he and a whole lot of people in that thing blocked me. I don't know why. I don't know why. And this Some is the people thing. are a bit sensitive, aren't they? Oh, they just don't have a leg to stand on. The problem is they've reaped the, the rewards of, you know, uh, things going their way for so long. When they don't, they have absolutely no capacity to take it whatsoever. Not saying I do too. I'm completely soft when it comes to those things. And, you know, things grind my gears and I get really upset about it. Before we finish up, there's been a bit of sort of movement on the transfer mm. front. A few rumours. Mm. Jordan Rappiner yep. still hasn't re-signed. No. Um, we still think a lot hinges on the Aiden Caesar situation. Yeah, um, 
Joey Leilua's manager uh, was was recently in town and and contacted the club and said, "Hey, how about an extension for um, presumably 2021?" Mm-hmm. And they said, "Actually, we're not really in a position to offer an extension for 2021. And in fact, if Joey wants to test the market for next season, mm. you know that option's there." I'd be sad to see him go. I'd be very sad to see both of them go. They've been great. I think Joey just adds that X factor. And we said it going to last week's podcast. The one thing the Storm don't like, the Borg don't like, is unpredictability. And when there's someone something not quite right in a player, uh, it really unnerves them because they can't plan as well yeah. for it. Well, that's the thing I think about Parramatta. I was watching Parramatta. And obviously, Brisbane put up a lot less fight oh. than the Storm are going to put up. But... The way Parramatta were playing, mm. I think they could really trouble the Storm. And if the Storm could go out in straight sets at home, that would be most rugby league fans' uh, dream come true. If you look at, at Parramatta, so it was, it was a lot of it's a lot of second phase, a lot mm. of offloads, and then Moses, you know, throwing those huge spiral passes, oh. going from side to side. That's they the sort were of stuff. Great passes. Yeah, too. that's the sort of stuff. And I just want, I just want to make very clear to people, my stance on Mitchell Moses is he's. Just appalling. He's just he's just one of those people I wouldn't invite to a barbecue if I had six hundred dollars worth of sausages I had to get rid of in two hours under pain of death. He's just one of those people I just never ever want to talk to. Um, you know, and that day may come where I have to, but and I'm, I could be wrong. He could be a delightful. I guy. mean, he's just Benny Elias's nephew. I mean, just that's... that sneer he has, <laughs> he's, and just the way he's he's goes. Related, he's related to and Benny the way Elias. he exited the the things. And I know they're just kids, and you can't expect them to whatever. But gee, he rubs me up the wrong way. Yeah, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I meet him, and he turns out to be awesome. But no, I've he's been, like what, I said, he's Benny Elias's nephew. It's the apple didn't fall far from the tree. I've heard lovely things said about Benny. Not by Steve. By, him, by himself. <laughs> no, no, by Craig Norenberg's and said he's just delightful bloke to hang out. But there are many things, as you can imagine, to be cheerful about this week, bloke. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. One, two, three. The storm win. I mean, that was just the reason to be cheerful. Uh, it was just absolutely, absolutely wonderful. And a win with controversy is even better. After the 1979 VFL Grand Final, where Wayne Harms had widely thought to have had the ball out before he knocked it back in for Kenny Hunter to kick the goal and win the, the grand final. I don't know, it's too young to remember that. Yeah, you're so young. He's a year younger than me, people. Two years, two years. year and a half, maybe. The Carton president came out and said, what's better than beating Collingwood by 100 points in the grand final? Beating them by a kick with controversy. And I think what's better than beating the Storm by 30 points? Beating them at the death and having them scream abuse at the at, at, at the thing. It's sort of like, well, now you know how we feel. Now you can feel our pain. You know, now you can feel our pain. Yeah. Uh, so that was that's a reason to be cheerful. Um, seeing Cameron Smith so filthy um, um, was awesome. Never gets old. No, it never does. <laughs> seeing our fans go off their brains oh, in the crazy. stands, in the underneath the building, going out of thing, just seeing you all having such a wonderful time and going berserk as such happiness was just wonderful. That was a great reason to be cheerful. And now to have two weeks off with no injuries and no suspensions coming into a home final, that is an absolute reason to be cheerful. I was a little bit worried about the Tarpany chicken wing, so but I right. thought the the... Punishment fit the crime. Well, I think um, so too. And seeing as Jared Wurrell Highgraves didn't get off. Yeah, but the Jordan Rappin one, that shouldn't have even been It shouldn't have been even They just picked him up and backslammed him. The only reason 
that uh, there was a penalty as put on report was because the crowd were incensed. But yeah. you, just because the crowd is incensed by something mm. doesn't mean that it's 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 illegal or they don't like seeing one of their players get roughed up. In the game against the Warriors right in front of me, I don't know if you saw it, Tane Milne absolutely belted. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Hodgson. Josh Hodgson. And everyone's right like, in front of me. Yeah, everyone's screaming. It was nothing wrong with it. He got an arm straight across the chest. It was no, perfectly it was legal. To hit. Hit. <laughs> but everyone around him was hit. screaming for a penalty. But it's like, ah, uh, no. Nah. Josh got up. Just got up and it was like, at first, if that had been around the neck, oh, that was a send-off. But it wasn't. It was on the chest. It was a beautiful hit. Just got up, gave it credit. It was was there. But, you know, one of the things I want to say to you Storm fans, you know, you're fantastic. You're purple people. You're all purple. But if we had a stadium of that size in Canberra and we were hosting a home final like that, it would be full. There wouldn't be spare seats. And there were spare seats all over that thing. So, you know, you've got really got to look at yourself too. You know, where were, where were your spare seats there? Hi, Alan Sung here, former Canberra Raiders captain. And you know what? I don't really listen to podcasts. But if I did, I'd probably listen to the third most popular Canberra Raiders one, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. So the last thing we should get to after the reasons to be cheerful is this. Who would you prefer to play, Blake? The Seagulls or Souths and Why? It's a tough one. It is. It's a tough one. I lean to Souths yeah, so more than Manly because yeah. Manly seem to have been able to put us off our game yeah, of late. play a very similar game. They've, they've niggled us. And mm. Having said that, though, we lost to both those two teams at home yep. this season. So totally. neither of them is going to be easy. Nope. Nope. Neither of them going to be easy. But my preference is, is probably to play Souths. And um, I'm just hoping this Friday they belt the living bejesus out of each other. Mm. There's a few more players going down injured. Um, suspended. Yeah. I prefer suspended. Power's suspended. <laughs> At least one or two, preferably Sam and one other Burgess is suspended. Yeah. Yeah. Look, uh, the thing, South Sydney might have lost to the Roosters, but they were missing quite a few players in that, Sam Burgess and Dane Gagai included, and they add so much to that but side. But even the but previous... Cody Walker played his best game, and this got lost. He played his best game for months in that game. His attacking game was fantastic. Cam Murray. Is, I love Cam Murray. He's a stellar superstar. Yeah, I love Cam Murray. And, but even the game when they beat in the last final round, mm. when they beat the Roosters, I thought they looked, for most of that match, I thought they were absolutely awful. Mm. Yeah, And then I agree. the Roosters sort of just put the cue in the rack and Souths finished over the top of them because yeah. they had more to play for. Oh, Roosters didn't care. They yeah. did not care in that match. But what we saw from the Roosters was they are the team to beat. But, oh, and I feel very sorry for the Eels this week because I know they're a chance. I know they're a chance, but they're a puncher's chance. We have now made the Storm so mad. They've had to go back into that dressing room and face Craig Bellamy, who will have made many, many different exit holes on those players. Many new different exit holes on those players. Well, obviously at halftime, he blew up at them in the semi because they came out it would be nothing what happened at, at full time yeah and they came out with a renewed vigour in the second half but then they didn't maintain it I think they I think they're up against a committed side they will have one focus in their mind one focus in their mind and that will be getting back to the Raiders to beat the Raiders that will be their driving force for the rest of the season and I think the fact they have to go through the Roosters is good because the Roosters driving force will be get to that grand final to be back to back I, I see the storm coming through, beating the hell out of the Eels this weekend. I, I see a 20 And then you week. think they're going to beat the Roosters and as well? I think they'll beat the Roosters as nah. well. Because the Roosters have to play them without JWH. Because he's suspended yeah, for that it's week. it's a big out. And I think they're going to come back. And I think we've got to play the match of our lives to get past either South or Manly. It's going to be a much harder match. This is not by any stretch. This is 
this prelim will be 50-50. This will, nothing will be left on the field for either side. And if the Raiders come out, if us fans come out and think we're just going to go watch someone beat something, you haven't been watching the Raiders this year. They only play street fights. There yeah. has been no easy victories, none. Even when we played the Bulldogs, when we played you know, the Titans, every, every one of them, they were hard matches. Round one. But all of them, you know, they were hard matches. We, we haven't, you know, we haven't been flogged by anyone. We're, the most points we've been beaten by were 12 by the Storm. I think it was 8. 8, 10, something like that. I think it was 8. It was 22, 12, I thought. I think it was 10. Okay. Um, that's Someone the most will fact check that for by, us. Anyway. But we've been beaten, and we've been beaten more at home than we have been away. So this is a vital match. So to get through to the opportunity to have the Storm come and unleash their wrath upon us, um, you know, is going to be hard work. And then when we get there... We're going to have to beat them for the third time in a season. Has any side ever beaten the Melbourne Storm three times in a season since Craig Bellamy has been there? No. Because I don't think anyone has. No, definitely. But, I mean, look, we thought it would be tough to beat them two weeks in a row, so... Yeah, I know, I know, they did it. But, you know, as Ricky said, two games to go, and only one to go as far as he's concerned. If we don't get through that, we don't get to the second. So we have to go through Oh, that. well, that's the thing. It's, it's sudden death now, isn't it? You it mean? is. You know, get a week but, off, but then it's sudden death for everyone. Anyway, so go get your tickets, people. Get ready, yell, and scream. Get behind the boys because... It was 12 points, 22-10. Yeah, right. Because yeah. we are we are the, the 18th player, and we have to be the best 18th player we can to give our boys the best chance in order to get through. Um, this has been Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we'll rant at you later. See ya.